You are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 64. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixty fourth time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes or the blog post for this week's episode will be available at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com. And you can find the links to connect with me on social media there. I'm at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs on Instagram and Twitter, which are the platforms I most uh, use. You can also connect with the show at how does underscore she do it on Twitter and Instagram as well. I want to say thank you for the five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't had a chance to do so, please feel free to do so on the Apple Podcast app. It really helps us to continue to be visible and help people see that other people really enjoy and value the show. And last but not least, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to stay connected between episodes and also hear first about events that I have happening or anything that's going on, you can text how does she do it as one word to 444-999. Again, if you want to join the email list, all you have to do is text how does she do it as one word to 444-999 and you will be added to the email community. And with that, let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the part of the show where I share my thoughts on resources, reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week, I am recommending two things. Learning from those who have the kind of success that you are seeking and being in community with like-minded people. I had the pleasure this past weekend of visiting DC and I went to a workshop that was hosted by Paul Carrick Brunson about video content creation. So I knew it was going to be a good workshop. I knew there were going to be some really impactful speakers there, but the amount of information and positivity and motivation and tangible practical advice that I took away from the weekend is just like, I didn't expect it. And it was really, really powerful. So shout out to Paul Carrick Brunson uh, shout out to all the speakers who were there, to the other entrepreneurs who were in the room, to the other uh, you know, career-minded people who are just trying to impact the world based on the things that they care about. It was really powerful and energetic to be in a room like that. So if you haven't had an opportunity to get around like-minded people who will support you, who will challenge you, who will stretch you, and who will remind you that it's not idealistic or corny to have a goal to impact people or to try and change people's lives, then I really, really encourage you to do that. On the rejection side of things, I've been going back and forth about how much to talk about what is happening in the public conversation around Starbucks and the whole man, the two men who were arrested in Philadelphia at a Philadelphia Starbucks, I should say, because they were sitting in a Starbucks and they had not bought anything because they were waiting for a friend. 
I just, this conversation just continues to exhaust me. It continues to just, I just don't, I just don't know. I just don't know what to say anymore. So I am rejecting just sounding like a broken record that there's still these surprising quote unquote shocking quote unquote, Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened in my company kind of thing. But we live in a society that is plagued by, by bias in a lot of different ways. And we all walk around with bias. Um, but it just, it just so happens to disproportionately affect certain group of people, certain groups of people rather in this country more than others. So, um, I'll just leave it at that, say what you will, but I'd like to hear from you actually, what are your thoughts related to how this situation at Starbucks went down, if you have any, and if you have any thoughts about the way that it is now being handled where they're closing their stores for half a day in late May to handle and do some implicit bias training. So share your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Send me a message on Instagram or the Twitter's at Tiff South or hit me up in an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, before I get into the main part of this week's episode, I have an announcement. So a couple episodes back, I announced that I was hosting a meetup, hosting a live event on April 8th in Harlem, and the event went really well. Many of you reached out. I asked, you know, what other cities do you live in and if you'd like to see meetups in other cities. And I realized I got some responses. I got responses from people who are in California, both northern and southern, Texas, Florida, the Midwest. And so what I wanted to do, because I won't be traveling to each of those kind of specific areas for a while, I decided that I want to host a virtual meetup, a how does she do it virtual meetup. We're going to get together online on Thursday, May 3rd. So if you are interested in attending and it's going to be fun, it's going to be an hour long and it's just going to be us talking, getting to know each other and, and encouraging each other send, actually not send, join the email list by texting how does she do it as one word to 444-999. That is how you will be able to find out how to register only if you join the email list. So again, text how does she do it as one word to 444-999 so you can attend the virtual meetup on May 3rd. I might come up with a cooler name for it by then, but either way it works for now. Let's get into the main show. If you are a woman, and if you are a woman of color especially, there are a lot of narratives and rules that we have been taught and most of us don't even realize that we've been taught these things until we're into our, well into our adulthood. And these rules, these narratives, they place limits on our mindset. So today I want to talk about taking the limits off 
of three particular mindsets that I think that many of us have faced and dealt with growing up. And I know that I have had to encounter myself and that I, in conversations with my friends and conversations with my colleagues that, and just in, in observing conversation by, with women of color online in different social circles and different professional circles, you see how we are, there's an awakening happening. It's been happening, but it's just such, the conversation is just so much more prevalent now. And when I was first thinking about this episode, I was thinking about these limits in terms of rules and how these are rules that we need to kind of start breaking. And, and I realized that it was not, it was not actually rules, but it was really limiting beliefs that we have adopted as part of the stories that we tell ourselves about what it is or is not possible for our lives, for our success, for the way we should feel about ourselves, for the way that we should be treated in different types of relationships. So I call this this rule-breaking, limit-breaking process rewriting her story, right? Instead of her instead of history, rewriting your story, rewriting her story. And I actually used to have a blog by that name. And, um, as I evolved (laughs) over the, as a writer and as sort of, you know, how I wanted my identity to show up online, I kind of pulled that site down, but the concept and the idea was about thinking about the way that you think about yourself, thinking about the way that you perceive your own experiences and how those experiences have layered onto the way you show up in your life now. And so what I want to do is talk about three limiting beliefs that we have to break and that we have to undo in order to break through to the next level of confidence, of success, of just self-perception, and really of, of ownership of who God says that we are. The first limit that we have to take off and that we have to break is the limit that says, I have to be strong all the time. And to be clear, I'm not saying that, you know, we aren't strong as women. I'm not saying that you aren't strong. I'm not saying that I'm not strong. But there's a difference between being strong and feeling like you have to project an image that the world has told you means strong. I'm going to say that again. There's a difference between being strong and feeling like you have to project an image that the world has told you means that you're strong. And as black women, we kind of fall into this role as quote unquote strong black woman by default. And not to say that we're not strong because there are a hundred examples I can think of in the women in my life that have demonstrated that. But it becomes this, this sort of armor and this thing that we are, that we're kind of forced to carry. And what happens when we take on this quote unquote, strong black woman identity that we see projected in the media, it also cuts against us in some ways because we are taking on often the challenges that this world has given us, that the world has placed on us, these expectations that the world has placed on us, and we're not getting support and help, right? It means that we are showing up at a moment's notice for people in our lives, at often at some cost, to us. It means that we're downplaying our own needs or shifting our standards to accommodate others. Sometimes it means that we're rejecting our own health, space, finances, advancement, and healing for the sake of keeping other people comfortable or not making waves just to just to keep things as the status quo. 
and also can mean rationalizing and dismissing the mistreatment that we experience in relationships, at work, in different types of settings for the sake of not, not appearing like we can't handle it, not appearing like we actually need help when in reality, it's okay to be strong and need help. It's okay to not try to act as though you hold it all together and then have to go home and fall apart and break down. And I have been there. I have lived, I lived most of my life projecting that image that I had my stuff together and I would go home and would be so angry and so broken and so sad and did not know how to how to come out of that. And it actually got to a point where I had a, a pretty big fallout with one of my very best friends because I was refusing to allow her to help me because I didn't want to burden her. I didn't know how to express the emotions that I had because I was so used to looking this way to the outside world. And so in the name of not burdening other people, in the name of avoiding looking like you can't quote unquote handle things, we we sacrifice ourselves, we sacrifice our own mental health, we sacrifice our own sanity and our own faith, right? And so I'm going to get to that piece in a little bit. But you can be strong and ask for help. You can be strong and set boundaries. You can be strong and be vulnerable. You can be strong and ask for help. You can be strong and say no. No is a complete sentence. You can be strong and not deal with relationships that don't serve you. You can be strong and distance yourself from people who depend on you in a way that is detrimental to you. You can be strong and rely on other people. You can be strong and not have to look or act like you have it all together all the time. And we have to take the limit off this idea that we have to look a certain way in order to be perceived as as strong because that's just simply not true. And so the new rule that I want to write here is that I am strong because Christ's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And that comes from second Corinthians chapter 12 verses nine and 10. And it reads, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I did some digging. I know you, if you've listened for a little while, you know that I'm like all about the concordance and like looking up the Hebrew words and the Greek and all that kind of stuff. And when I looked up power, power means strength, ability that is residing in a thing. And so if Christ resides in us, then his strength perfects any weakness that we have. And so whatever this world might say is a weakness for you or whatever you perceive about a, as a weakness in yourself and it keeps you from feel it keeps you feeling like you have to put on or front for other people there's no need for that because our our weakness is made perfect by Christ's strength and there's a part in the um in the chapter where Paul is talking about boasting in his weakness simply because Christ Christ's strength just it over it overtakes and it just cancels out any of his weaknesses. And when we live in a world of this like this oversharing and this projecting of certain images, we don't have to get caught up in all of that because our our strength is is our strength our weakness rather is made perfect by Christ's strength. And so that's the new rule. That's the limit that you are strong because Christ's strength is made perfect in your weakness. So whatever you think you have to project, whatever you think you have to demonstrate to the world, 
we don't have to put on for anybody because whatever battles that we're dealing with, whatever struggles that we're having does not negate the strength of the Christ that lives within us. It does not negate the power that we have that resides in us, that allows us to show up the way that we do, even in the face of the nonsense that we face as women and as women of color. So there's that first rule or limit. The second limit that we have to take off and we have to break is the limit that says, I can't be too much of myself. Said another way, there's this idea that you feel like you have to shrink down and assimilate to be what the majority culture has said we need to be. Then this, and it's no secret that this world kind of overexposes us to standards that are defined by white society and by white culture. Even the fact that race exists as a construct is an example of that. And anything outside of this sort of standard is met with raised eyebrows, wide eyes, clutched pearls, um, cops being called at Starbucks, right? Like um, people following you around the store, like just showing up is, is often sometimes perceived as you being too much. And, and I'm thinking about this particularly in the context of work. And I've had conversations with, with many people. I was actually reading a thread yesterday by a young woman on, on Twitter. And hopefully you're listening to, I think it might be Summer Glory, who posted about how in her, in her workplace, how women of color are underrepresented and they are relegated to certain types of lower level positions, even when they're better credentialed than some of their colleagues. And we are just expected to kind of play small, sit in the back, wear our hair straight like other people want us to, not just not be ourselves. We can't make cultural ref certain cultural references because people won't know what they mean. Yet and still we know, we recognize the cultural references of other people. And to me, I I am personally just just over trying to fit into a mold that I'm not meant to fit in. And, you know, you don't have to, I have a, a friend of mine, uh, Jaylene, who is a poet and she does this poem, she's from Harlem, and she does this poem that talks about how she changes the inflection in her voice, or she used to change the inflection in her, in her voice. She's because it made people, it made her sound or perceive more safe to people. And this, the poem is so dope. She goes back and forth between her, you know, her true Harlem accent to the, to the corporate speak that puts a question mark at the end of sentences and all that kind of stuff. And we don't have to, we don't have to do that. Like we do not have to be that. And so the new, the new rule here is be who you are. And if that makes people uncomfortable, it's not because you're not being professional. It's not because you're being too much. It's merely because they're not used to seeing you. So the more you show up, the more you, you accept yourself in those spaces, then the more they have to accept you in those spaces. And if they don't, if they reject you because of it, then maybe that's not the space you need to be in. The third limit that we have to take off is the one that says, my story isn't that special or my gifts aren't that special. Said another way, we downplay our experiences. Oh no, that's no big deal. Anyone could have gone through what I, what I did or 
many people had a story that was so much more, so much worse than mine. Oh, that thing that, that accomplishment that I had, that's, you know, that's not a big deal. And I'm not saying that we should be gassed. I'm not saying that we should necessarily have to go out touting the challenges that we've, that we've experienced or the, the things that we, that make us exceptional and stand out. But we have to stop minimizing and downplaying what makes us unique and what makes us who we are. Because there's a reason why, although many people may have graduated from your institution, although many people have come from the place that you have come from, although many people come from families who have a family dynamic like yours, you are still packaged in your, in your body and in your experience with your perspective for a reason. No matter who has been through or done the things that you've done, you have a unique lens and voice to share. And so many women downplay what that means. We, we normalize the thing that makes us special. Like we were all purposed for a very specific reason. And it might not mean that you become CEO of a top 500 company, you know, fortune 500 company, or that you become a speaker that sells out stadiums or anything like that. But it doesn't mean that your voice is less valuable. It doesn't mean that your journey is not going to help someone else because I promise that there is something that you have been through in a unique way and you have come out of it in such a way that if you share that story with even one person, that their 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 perspective is going to be different. They're going to walk away benefiting from the thing that you have been through because of the unique way that you were able to convey that lesson or that you were able to come through that thing. And I, I have a friend of mine who attended the How She Elevates event uh, a couple weeks ago in, in, in Harlem. And I was listening to her talk about the her experience going through the interview process to get her, her current position at a hospital. And, and I listened to her kind of try to, try to be, you know, I don't want to say try to be humble, but like just not make it a big deal. But I was like, girl, you are working at one of the best hospitals in the country. I was like, we have to pull that out. Right. And so I want us to embrace, I tweeted yesterday that we have to stop mistaking playing small for being humble right? We are shrinking back and we are not allowing ourselves to, to walk fully in, in the identity that we have been given in both in Christ and the blessings that he has allowed us to endure and experience and gain so that we show up on his behalf in this world, right? So we have to get rid of this idea that we are not special enough. I'm not talking about going out here and acting gassed and, you know, talking over people and thinking you better than people. I'm just talking about walking fully in who we are. Because when we do that, what we can't be stopped. Like when we do that, we have, there will be so much power that people perceive in us and people will want to know what makes her so, why is she standing out like this? I'm drawn to her because she is confident, because she is comfortable. Think about the the people in your life that you admire, that you respect, or the people that you see on, on television, that you follow on social media, or the people, the mentors that you have that you've admired over the years. Why have you been drawn to them? It's probably because they project a certain level of confidence, not that they're perfect, not that they've never made mistakes, not that they've never been through things, but that they are walking fully in the things that they have been positioned for, in the things that they have been empowered with. 
in the way that their experience informs the way they show up in a room. And when we take that, then we are giving God the glory for getting us to the point that he has gotten us to. And we are, we are showing up in such a way that we will allow, we will be able to be vessels of blessings to other people. Cause that's what we're here for. We're not here for our own glory. We're here to enhance and change the lives of other people through service, through the work that we do every day, through the kind words that we have for people, through the compassion that we share for people and through sharing our story and our testimony in whatever small or major ways you do so. So I want to, I want you to embrace your story and acknowledge, you know what? My story is unique. My gifts are unique. My experiences are unique. How does that allow me to show up better and more fully in the, as the person God has called me to be? That's what, that's the new limit. That's the new expectation. That's the new ceiling that we have to walk in. So again, the, just to, to recap the, the three limits that we have to take off is the first limit you have to take off is the idea that you have to be strong all the time and replace it with a recognition that you are strong because Christ's strength is made perfect in your weakness. The second limit that you have to take off is that you can't be too much of yourself because that's simply not true. When you show up in a room fully as who you are, other people will will respect that and will be drawn to that. And the third thing that you have to, the third limit that you have to take off is that your story is not special and that your story is not unique. That's simply not true. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, right? You are, the the new rule for this piece is that I am awesome and set apart with so much to share and offer to other people. And scripture tells us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, right? it tells us that we are awesome. It tells us that we are meant to be set apart. And so when you are meant to be set apart and show up as such, people will be drawn to that and you will be able to enhance the lives of other people in major and in small ways that help change the trajectory of someone's day and might even change the trajectory of someone's life. Don't shy away from that. Embrace that and accept that that is a blessing and an opportunity to walk fully in who God has called you to be. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you want to stay connected, make sure you text How Does She Do It as one word to 444-999. Again, that's text How Does She Do It to as one word, so 444-999. You can also follow me on social media. I'm at Tiff South on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at how does underscore she do it, or you can send me an email, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. If you want to tell a friend how to listen, they can listen in Apple Podcasts, they can listen in Stitcher, Google Play, they can listen directly on the website. A lot of different ways to stay connected. I appreciate you, I appreciate your support, and I look forward to seeing you in May. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.